now nobody better to have on this episode of Miami Miked Up than a guy who came on this podcast back in February and said of the Marlins, I see a winning team. That's Jazz Chisholm Jr. Jazz, thanks for taking a little bit of time here uh, the day before your first wild card game with the Marlins since 2020 when you were just a, a, a rookie as a part of that crazy experience. Uh, congratulations and thanks for taking a minute to join the show. Of course, man. It's, it's nothing, you know. I'm just happy to be here right now. Happy to be doing this again, you know what I mean? Yes, sir. Well, I, as I always have to ask, um, and I know now there's there's a lot of baseball going on, but I have to ask you, what's something recently outside of work, outside of baseball, that has brought you some joy? Outside of baseball that's brought me joy, I would just say my family always being around, uh, being able to just soak it in with them and, and enjoy the season. And like everywhere I go, they come and see me. And I just feel like that's a big part of everything, you know, my family being there. It's got to be nice to be able to have them so close, you know, being in Miami, having a city like Miami to be able to, you know, bring your family to and have them support you this way. You know, you said before the season, like I just mentioned, I see a winning team. So how validating is it when we sit here now 162 games later or 161 and nine-tenths? How validating is it to, to be able to reach the postseason after that full marathon of a season? I mean, it's it's very validating, you know, like from day one that uh, you could see something and it's lived up and stayed true to what you've seen and everybody's played hard and everybody's respected everything and you know everybody just went about their business the right way so it's been great did you have a a favorite moment of this season anything you look back on from the the 162 regular season games and say you know what either that was a turning point or that was my sort of favorite moment this year oh probably the two grand slams i'm not gonna lie yeah that makes makes sense The two grand slams or the clinch in, in Pittsburgh were definitely my two favorite moments of the year, you know. Uh, definitely clinching and then making history as well. And so, you know, you talk about clinching, you talk about this team. Let's talk about Skip Schumacher because he was a huge part of why, you know, I I felt that confidence coming from you at the beginning of the season. I've heard from so many guys on this team what a presence he's been inside that clubhouse in challenging players, but also being a bit of a sort of player's manager when, when he needs to be. So, can you talk to me a bit about the influence Skip Schumacher and this coaching staff have had on the culture in Miami and and allowing you to be, you know, authentically yourself as well? I mean, for me, I, I love Skip, man. I mean, he's a great manager. He's probably my favorite manager I've ever had, especially in the big leagues. Um, but, yeah, he's just a great manager. He challenges you and he makes sure that you know that he trusts you. You know what I mean? Like, he trusts you, his coaching staff trusts you, the team trusts you, and, like, that's the big thing as a player, you know, sometimes you go in there and you're just like, dang, like, if I don't do this and I don't do that, like, I, will I get to play again or will I be playing tomorrow or anything like that? And it's not like that with him. It's more like, I trust you to go do it. And if you don't do it, I'm going to trust you to try and do it again. You know what I mean? And that's what you need from your manager. You need that that validation, as you'd say, right? You need that validation to know that, bro, like, I'm going to let you go do your thing. Like, it's, it's you out there. So it's safe. Well, and when you're a team like this, right, you guys win all these close games, all these comebacks, all these one-run games. How much do you think that coincides, right, when you have a manager who's saying, hey, 
no matter what the situation is, I trust you to do it over and over again. When you have a closer who's blown a save, hey, come back, do it again. When you have a, a player who struggled offensively, come back and do it again. How much do you think that has to do with the fact that you guys have been this sort of historic team when it comes to playing close games and coming back in games? I mean, for me, I think that has a lot to do with it. You know, like, especially for me, like, I feel like it was early up in, earlier in the year and I wasn't facing lefties as much. But then he came to me and he was like, well, I'm going to need you to face lefties in the playoffs. And then I think it was against the uh, Braves. We had that big comeback against Minter, I think. Mm -hmm. And, then he, you know, he's a lefty. And ever since then, I felt way more comfortable against lefties because he just he came up to me and he was like, I will put you in that position 10 out of 10 times. Mm. It doesn't matter. Like I told you, I'm going to need you in the playoffs against lefties too. So you got to do it now so you can get used to it. You know what I mean? That's great. And this coaching staff putting you guys not only in a position to succeed from a game planning standpoint, clearly in what the approach has been offensively yeah. this year um, in the way that that's changed, but also from that confidence standpoint to the approach standpoint, is there something that, that you look at from this year, any individual sort of piece of advice or tweak in your approach that you look at from Skip, from Brant Brown, from, from the hitting staff and you say, man, this is something that's helped me unlock a next level? I mean, Brand Brown has had me working on a lot of stuff this year, and I feel like we just keep on tweaking it and tweaking it until we get to perfection. You know what I mean? And I feel like right now that we're at the end of the season, it's almost that, that we're almost at perfection. I felt like my bats have been the best that they've been the whole year at this point in time right now. I'm hitting the ball better. I'm seeing the ball better. And I feel like this is what we've been working for all year. So I feel like coming into it, like – yeah, you go through, you find your little twists and turns during the season, but now that it comes down to it and like the end in that last little playoff, like Chase right there, just we locked it in. You know what I mean? Absolutely. What do you think? Because obviously you produced, right? Like Jazz Chisholm Jr. on the field. I saw you retweet it yesterday, right? Jazz Chisholm Jr., whenever you're on the field, you're a beast. And there's a a a stat that was out there over a span of the last 162. And this was about a couple of weeks ago. But it was you, Acuna, and Julio Rodriguez as guys who had 30 homers and 30 stolen bases in that, in that stretch of 162 games, right? I think what it was you, like 38. Yeah, it's something know, crazy like that, right? Yeah. Something crazy like that. And so that being said, right, you you know your numbers, you know your production. What do you think you learned the most about yourself as a player this year? And what's the biggest thing that you improved on as your production, when on the field, continues to skyrocket? I mean, for me, it's just like you just got to know how to play the game. And like talking to Mookie earlier the year, like knowing when to go into walls and when to do that and like when to go all out and like your team would rather you be on the field for 150 games than 90 games. And, you know, what I mean, like it would, I feel like the wild card chase right now would be would have been easier if I was on the field for 150 instead of 90 games. Certainly. So so I feel like just in that way, just learning how to just be a veteran on the field, like just don't mm. don't be that kid out there that just want to go out there and run into walls and just do it because you can. You know, what I mean, right. But, you know, learn how to stay on the field, learn how to give your team a chance to win you know what i mean two two more questions for you before we let you go kim ang obviously made some moves at this trade deadline to improve the roster she brings in jake berger she brings in josh bell you look back at those moves at the trade deadline the way those guys have played 
the way that they've helped boost you guys, not only physically, but I imagine emotionally as well. Um, mm-hmm. Can you describe the way that those two players have impacted this clubhouse and how good it feels to have justified the front office's aggressiveness in going out and getting a couple bats as you guys chased the postseason? I mean, it just shows our dedication to winning, too. You know, uh, uh, Bruce and Kim said that they're going to go out there, spend some money, and make sure we get to the playoffs this year, and they did. And as players, we we appreciate that because we always hear it, but sometimes it doesn't happen. Right. And it makes us feel like, well, you're just throwing us out there to lose because we don't have the pieces to win. So, I mean, for us, it's really happy, especially that she brought on these two great guys, Josh Bell and Jake Berger. I didn't even know Berger was a rookie until I saw him dress up as a rookie in his little, his Marlin thing. Because, like, he came over here and I was talking to him and me and him got super close. And I can tell you right now, I thought he was a 10-year, like, vet. I thought he was been in the game for about six, five years, you know what I mean? So, like, for me, I was just like, wow. And then Josh Bell, like, of course, he is a vet, so like he came in there with that knowledge, and like he's been helping our young guys, like me, Sanchez, Arias, like all of us, man. Like he's really pulled it together, and he's a real leader in the clubhouse, and I love that. Yeah, I mean, it's been so cool to see those two guys be as valuable as they've been, both on and off the field with this team. But last question before I let you go, because I don't think there's anybody better who could give me the sell here. Tell me why the Miami Marlins are about to make a 2023 World Series run. Because nobody thought we would, and we just like that. <laughs> and we that's just why. like that. <laughs> we just like that, and nobody thought we would, and that's what we like the most. We love that nobody thinks we're going supposed to be here. That fuels us even more. And like, if you think that fuels the players, you should think about our manager and our coaching staff. That fuels them to the T. So I feel like it just makes us go more. And no team likes the lights more than the Marlins. I can tell you that. The Rias love the lights. So there loves the lights. You, you dang sure know I love the lights. So this is what we live for, and we can't wait to get this started. 8 p.m. Tuesday, Wednesday, maybe Thursday. Maybe the Marlins take no care Thursday. of business in the first couple games. No Thursday. No Thursday. No Tuesday, Thursday. Wednesday, 8 p.m. on ESPN. You can watch those games. Kelly Sacco will have you covered in terms of all of your digital coverage. You can follow at Bally Marlins. Jazz Chisholm Jr., thank you so much for joining me today, and good luck in this 2023 MLB postseason. Thank you so much. I appreciate you.